We know that somewhere in the world, someone downloaded this podcast, but we don't know anything about you. The folks who support this show would love to know just a little bit about who is listening. If you have two minutes, it really does only take two minutes. Help us make this show an even better experience for you by telling us more about yourself. Just go to ListenerQ, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-Q.com forward slash pull up and take the short survey. You can also give us direct feedback on the show, which we would love to hear. And as a thank you, you'll be entered in a drawing for a $100 Amazon gift certificate. Two minutes. ListenerQ.com slash pull up. That's ListenerQ.com slash pull up. Okafor is a load down there, man. He, <laughs> big fella is polished. You got a little hook. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how you transfer to New Orleans. I think you're going to be utilized well. DeMar's footwork is so unbelievable. Like, it's crisp. He has pump fakes. He's able to get to the free throw line. He can score all three levels. Now he's shooting a three-pointer at a higher clip than he has in past years. CJ, is he posting you, though? Man, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, he gets three. If he gets three dribbles from the top of the key, that's two spin moves you can get off, and that's that's hard to guard. And like he hit me in my chest today, and it just took all, it took all the energy out of me. I was exhausted. <laughs> man, he might be muscular in his shape, but he's still heavy. He's, he's still hurt when I when I get hit by that shoulder. <laughs> Welcome to the Elgin Baylor episode of Pull Up Number Twenty Two here in Dana Point. California right now. Beautiful, beautiful place in Orange County working out. Uh, D-Wade's actually having an invitational out here. So we have workouts with DBC. Uh, They're in charge of the performance, the recovery side of things. We have Remy out here. We have Chris Johnson out here running the on-court workouts. Uh, We're getting a lot of great work in and D-Wade's doing a a tremendous job of putting together some things off the court for us in terms of business outside of basketball. I think there's a dinner presented by American Express. There's an off-court dinner series presented by Podium, among other companies. So uh, it's only right that I grabbed the homie Jaleel Okafor to have him on the podcast. We'll welcome Jordan to the podcast right now. But I have to start by saying wedding season is officially here. I've, I've gone to two consecutive weddings in two weeks, and I will make it three consecutive weddings in three weeks. So shout out to my homie BJ Bailey and his beautiful bride, Whitney, now Bailey, on a beautiful wedding in Salt Lake City, Utah at the Salt Lake City Country Club. But without further ado... What up, fellas? How y'all doing? What's going on? What's going on? Happy to be on the podcast. Appreciate it. Happy to have you, buddy. Oh, very, very happy to have you, man. He he asked to be on the podcast earlier today, and I thought he was joking. <laughs> I was like, bro, if you want there to be on the is. podcast, you just say you just say the word, bro. We can get this done. Yeah, it was done. It's like we that. can get this done. You know, it's it it's nothing. It's nothing. But first and foremost, we're out here in California enjoying some work. Dwayne's putting on a, a tremendous week for us. What have been some of the the fun things you've experienced so far after day one, you know, with the workouts, with the the one-on-one, just for the listeners out there that don't know what we're doing out here right now in Orange County? Right. Well, first off, like you said, I want to give a huge thank you to D-Wade. This this event that he's throwing is is a great event, Um, obviously, because the the stuff on court, you know, we have the the best trainers on and off the court. And then um, just the business side of things, especially for our young guys like ourselves that are really interested in, you know, life after basketball and those endeavors. So helping him lay that foundation and giving us the blueprint of how he's been successful and some of the things that we can do to have some of the same success that he has um, is a great, you know, it's an honor to be here. Uh, so I'm really excited. Uh, today was day one. Got some one-on-ones in. Uh, me, Donovan Mitchell, Justice Winslow, and obviously uh, CJ McCollum. Uh, we went at it today. Uh, pushed each other to the limit. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to be here, and uh, I'm really happy with how the first day turns out. 
Yeah, I think it was great, honestly. I think the one-on-one was good. It was it was great to kind of work on some skill, being able to get, you know, separate baskets where you're working on post stuff, you're working on handoffs, working on popping, different finishes around the basket, and then us guards doing certain breakdowns in the pick and roll, working on the setup into your pick and roll, how to counter, uh, working on the Steve Nash bounce, certain finishes, left hand, right hand, right hand, right foot. Uh, offhand floaters. It, it was just a all around good day. And then we kind of put some of that stuff to work, you know, in the five spots, playing ones from the elbow, playing ones from the wing, playing ones from the top of the key. For those of you out there that are listening, Okafor is a load down there, man. He, <laughs> big fella is is polished. He got a little hook. He got a little handle, finesse, and skill. Looks like he's in great shape and taking advantage of his time down in Miami. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how you how you transfer to New Orleans. I think you're going to be. Uh, utilize well. I think you're in great shape and have taken full advantage of of your summer. Uh, speaking of summers, you're, are you still vegan? I'm not. I'm not vegan. I'm not. I'm not vegan. I got off the vegan wave in April. So the vegan, I was vegan for I did. I went seven or eight months strong, um, and then there was a few issues that I had along the way. Like I had uh, my blood my blood count was low, which is affecting my cardio and some other stuff. The doctor was trying to explain to me. Basically, he was like. You can do vegan, but if you do it, you just have to be really sharp, which I wasn't. I was just doing, like, vegan, but I wasn't making sure I was getting all the nutrients and the vitamins and doing the extra mile to make sure that, as a professional athlete, I was having everything that I needed to be a high athlete. Um, but I'm off the vegan wave, and I'm just a healthy eater now. Um, try to stay away from flour, nothing fried, uh, no bread, stuff like that, but. The vegans out the window. Jalil, your your body transformation is remarkable. So first of all, congratulations. That's that's not easy to do. But uh, taking it a step further, Appreciate it. yeah, man. You know, how, how did you do it? And then also, how does that you know transformation help to reconstruct your game and and your approach to the game? Yeah, well, it's, I uh, right after the season ended, uh, I got with David Alexander out of Miami uh, with DBC, and uh, we had an assessment of my entire body. Um, and it's, like a, it's like an hour and a half assessment that I'm sure CJ went through the same thing and they pretty much let you know what's wrong with your body. And the good thing about that is them pointing out what's wrong with your body is that the fact that they can help your body get to where it needs to be to perform at a high level. Um, and the first thing that we talked about was my diet. So we uh, basically, David's feel to me was if it hasn't ran, flown, swam, or walked or grown from earth, don't eat it. So that, immediately, you know, eliminates cookies, chips, all the all the BS that I might have been eating. Um and that that really got me on the right path, just clean eating, getting all the inflammation out of my body. And then obviously just working out um a couple times a day as well as putting the right stuff in my body it really helped me transform my body this summer. Yeah, I I seen the transformation. I seen the abs on fleek on the Instagram posts and just you know, looking at the difference in your body and even and even your movement, you know, you've been working with DA, you know, basically all summer. You've been tightening up the diet and you've been on court with Edon. So let's talk a little bit about the workouts with Edon. I know he's a very, very intense guy, you know, no BS, no nonsense type of guy to where you're going to get in. You're going to work on skill sets. You're going to work on your jump or your pull ups, your hooks, bang and going to your counter moves. Let's talk a little bit about the work you put in the gym and, and how you look forward to kind of utilizing that in New Orleans. Yeah, uh, you know, I also want to give a huge shout out to Edon, Edon Ravine. Ravine, uh, he uh, he did a great job with me this summer. Um, he's based out of New York, but uh, he ended up moving to Miami with me uh, from April, pretty much up until now. And we went hard every day for 
over three months. And like you said, John's a really intense guy uh, for people that don't know about him, but he's worked out, uh, you know, multi, several all-stars and, you know, he's, his, uh, kind of large piece for itself. But the first thing we do is change my jump shot. Um, kind of hard to describe how we changed it. Uh, but, uh, the best way I can say is like, I, I, I had a flip in my shot where I put the ball like behind my head and then I would shoot it. And now we're making sure that the ball is always in front of my face and that, my knees and elbows are aligned at the same time. So basically when I'm releasing the ball, uh, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain, but it looks a lot better. Uh, so that was first thing first. And, uh, you know, as a basketball player sees, you know, changing your jump shot is really, really difficult. Uh, so it was very frustrating the first couple of weeks because you got used to shooting a certain way. So changing your form was a, was really hard. Uh, but, Don's a, he's a, he's a great, he's a great coach. Um, and every day he was on me. Uh, he never let me get down on myself and he just pushed me, uh, every day and, and I, and it benefited me. So, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy with the turnout. Julia, what was the, 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 the trust process for you to put your ego aside and realize that, you know, you, you had a coach that believed you needed to change it. So how did you, how did you approach that? Was it, was it challenging? How did it get easier? And then CJ, I'll follow with you by asking you, what did you see from Jalil in workouts? Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great question. Uh, uh, the trust came into play just because I know he died. I know his background. I know the guys that he's worked with. But still, it's when uh, the first day when he tried to have me change my jump shot, there was a little pushback because when I tried it, I couldn't I couldn't hit the rim. I was throwing like damn near off the backboard because it was just so uncomfortable for me. Um, and obviously, you know, being uncomfortable, that's where growth comes into play. Uh, so I was just trying to accept the fact that I was uncomfortable, but accepting the fact that that was the only, only way that I was going to grow as a player. Um, and it wasn't easy. Uh, there was definitely some pushback by me, but in all, it all worked out. And, you know, shout out to you, Don, because we made it happen. CJ, what about you? Yeah, just to follow up, just having, you know, watched – you know, while I was in Miami, I wasn't able to see him on court, but I was able to just kind of see his approach every day, you know, having a gallon of water, doing the hydration, the little stuff, just being focused. I think that just kind of showed you how serious he was taking uh, this transformation, understanding the importance of this summer from a hydration, from a recovery, from a performance standpoint, doing those little things. And then getting on court with him today, just seeing, you know, the skill, the skill set, it's already there. Like just having watched him since he was at Duke and obviously, you know, growing up in Chicago, he's probably playing on TV at, uh, when he was playing for Whitney Young um, back in the day. The transformation he's made, like he's not pudgy anymore. You know what I mean? He's got, he's got abs, he's got low body fat, he's, he's moving. <laughs> and I was pudgy too, you know, coming out of college, you know what I mean? When you're eating Wendy's and McDonald's and Subway, and Chinese food with the, with the chicken wings every day, it's, it's hard to have a balanced diet and it's yeah. hard to recover. So there's constantly inflammation in your body and you're not able to get the gains from the lifts and from the workout. So just looking at his body alone, he looks he looks yeah. like a completely different player. And then from the movement, able to get in and out of his movements faster. And I'm always interested in seeing how bigs play one-on-one against guards because we try to get up into them. We foul them a lot. And there's dribble, there's dribble limitations. So him being able to get a shot off with three dribbles from the three-point line is, is indicative of his skill set. And then obviously him being able to be nimble, spin, you know, shoot hooks. And I, I didn't know he changed the jump shot because it looked good. looked like, you know, he had been getting reps on it for a long time. He had range out to the three-point line. But obviously the bread and butter will be, I, I would say, in that 
12 to 18 foot area when you get that elbow jumper or you get those pick and pops. Yep. That'll probably be the bread and butter, especially in New yep. Orleans playing with uh, with the brow. But I, th- I thought he looked great. I think he's going to be a, a successful player and be able to help out New Orleans right away. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. No, no problem, man. And looking at the the roster in New Orleans, I asked you earlier today if you got a house, and you said that you had already figured out where you were going to live. Have you spoken to to AD? Have you spoken to some of the staff and, and you know kind of figuring out how you'll be utilizing AD? And are you looking forward to playing with him? Because that that man is a problem. <laughs> He's a problem. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm really I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really excited to to be you know part of the Pelican organization. And I was actually before I came out here to be at this D-Wade Invitational. I was in New Orleans uh, the past week. Um, there was several guys there. Um, AD, was that, AD was one of the guys there. Um, you know, he's a, he's a Chicago guy, so he's somebody that I've always been able to kind of watch and monitor because when I was a, a freshman, you know, he was the number one high school player in the country as a senior, and then um, I was able to do the same thing. And then he went to Kentucky you know, won a national championship, and then I went to Duke and copied him, did the same thing, won a national championship. So he's always has been, like, a mark for me to look at. And uh, he's not too much older than me, but a role model in a sense of just the success that he's had, and he's always done everything the right way. Uh, so I'm excited to be able to team up with him and be with him on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but my week in New Orleans, I did talk to the coaches, and I'm excited. Um, obviously, you know, the – the thing with me, the knock on me has always been uh, my defense and, and my rebounding. Um, so, you know, the coaches, I let the coaches know that I'm aware of that, and obviously they're aware of that, and they know that I'm 150% bought into doing whatever it takes to win. Um, and I think I've taken the necessary steps this summer um, just to become a better defender, a better rebounder, just because I'm moving better um, and I'm doing all the right stuff. So I'm really, I'm really excited about it. Julio, what's amazing to me is that you've endured – a lot already um, for being just 22 years old. So how does right, yeah. how do you approach this new situation in New Orleans, and do you look at it like a, a fresh start? Uh, I think I have a, a good viewpoint uh, right now. Like you said, I, I am 22. Um, at, as a 22-year-old, I'm going into my fourth NBA season, uh, which is which is crazy to even which is crazy to even think about. Uh, I mean, a few weeks ago, I was speaking at the rookie transition program where all the incoming rookies come in and get as much knowledge as they can. So uh, it's just crazy to where I am now. And like you said, it's a fresh start for me. Uh, you know, a new, a new city, new organization, a completely new conference. Um, and with the Pelicans in particular, you know, I'm going to a team that has aspirations of winning the championship. And that the whole organization, like the whole atmosphere is all about winning. And uh, that's not – something that I've been accustomed to since I've been in the NBA. Um, it's kind of been the opposite. Um, so I'm really excited about, you know, having a chance to be on a playoff team and all of those great things. It's something I'm really looking forward to. You you mentioned the Duke pedigree, playing at Duke, winning the championship, kind of following in, in AD's footsteps of, you know, being a one-and-done player who wins a national championship. What did you kind of learn from that year at Duke, you know, being being a champion, playing for Coach K, that you're able to kind of utilize up to this point, having gone through some adversity, having done some some tweaks in the diet, tweaks in your game offensively and defensively? Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway that still applies to know what I'm doing now that I learned at Duke uh, rather crucially while I was there was, you know, never never get too high, never get too low, um, which uh, speaks for itself. You know, if you're, if you're doing well, you never want to get too happy to where – 
uh, your complacent, you know, complacency is the is the enemy of champions. It's something that my high school coach always said. And then, you know, you never get too low, which means, you know, if you make mistakes and even the past year that I had, you know, there was times where I got really, really low on myself, but that was just a constant reminder was never get too high, never get too low. Um, and just try to find an in-between and just stay the course and, and keep working. So that was something that I learned at Duke. Is the is the Duke fraternity of of now, you know, consistently finding elite lottery guys, one and done guys who are now winning at the college level and then taking that to the to the pros. Like how how do you guys um not just your year but other years, how do you guys connect as as a Duke fraternity? How does that process continue once you're in the NBA? Yeah, uh so you know, the Duke guys we all consider it a brotherhood. And, you know, with from Zion Williamson all the way down to, you know, Christian Leitner, you know, all everybody's connected. Um, and I think that all goes because we all played for the same guy, and that's my Shostakovich. Uh, we all, he was our leader, you know, he was our head coach. And I think that's what separates us from other universities because we all played for the same guy. So you look at a university like maybe Arizona, not everybody in that organization that's played in the league has played for Sean Miller. So there's a gap. Uh, there's no really gap when it comes to the Duke Brotherhood because we all play for the same guy. We share the same stories. Uh, we pretty much did the same thing as the guy before us and after us. And I think that's what makes the Brotherhood unique. You mentioned Zion Williamson. He's been on ESPN a lot. I asked Blake the same question. Um, looking at his game, looking at you know the kind of hype that he's received coming out of high school, dunking from the free throw line, being a part of the the number one the number one recruiting class in college basketball. How do you think his game translates to the NBA, having watched him a little bit from afar? And do you think they have what it takes to win a national championship with him, R.J. Barrett, and uh, the young the young point guard out of Minnesota? Cam Reddish. As well as Cam Reddish. I forgot about him, too. Yeah, yeah Cam Reddish, uh, Trey Jones. That's my, that's my little bro right there. Um, but, yeah, they definitely have all it takes to, to win a championship. Uh, they have the talent. Um, obviously, they have the coaches and they have all the support that they need. Uh, so it really is going to be based on them. Uh, but as far as Zion goes, uh, I was actually uh, I saw him this summer in person, and I was just blown away by how powerful, how strong, how skilled, how graceful he was all at the same time. Um, it, it's really amazing. He's a he's a really a freak of nature, and he just a lot of credit for being an amazing dunker. But uh, it's it's way more than that. You know, he rebounds the ball extremely well. He's a, he's a great passer. Um, he's extremely versatile, um, so I'm excited for him. He's gonna he's gonna kill this year. He's gonna dominate everybody on that college level, and you know when he gets to the next level, I'm sure he'll do the same. And uh, he's a hard worker. He's humble, um, and he's doing all the right stuff leading up to now. And hopefully, you know, he stays on that right path. But I'm really excited for him. How how big is is Zion really? Is he what is he six seven six six two eighty five? Is that is that legit, Jaleel? It's legit. <laughs> It is legit. He's like six 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 seven. Wow. Uh, like two eighty five. I'm not sure where his weight is now, but I know that was the weight that came out a month ago, and that, that was legit. Uh, so I'm not sure where he's listing right now, but that's that's definitely legit. And he's like I said, he's as athletic as he is, and he moves so well and so graceful. It's it's amazing to see. Can can we find a comparison, CJ Angelio for for Zion uh, and and RJ as well? It, who, who do they remind you of? It's hard. Yeah, I'll, I'll let CJ do the comparisons. I, I'm not good at that. <laughs> I'd say it's hard. RJ Barrett is a skilled. I don't know. He's like six seven. He he came to the house when they played. Yeah, he's terrific. When they played in Nike Hoop Summit, I had him over to the house as well as my guy, 
that is heading to Florida from Canada as well. But he's extremely long. He's athletic. He's bouncy. He can play in the pick and roll. I'm not sure what level he is as a playmaker just yet because I haven't really watched him. I just seen him dominate, you know, in terms of just scoring, just continuing to score in different ways at all three levels. But I think, you know, based on how his shot develops, will we'll, we'll really determine the type of success he'll have in the league because you got to be able to uh, make shots in our league and, and can't depend on athleticism. So I would say that would be the key for both of them. Zion developing a corner three-point shot or some type of three-point shot will be crucial to his success in the NBA. And I think that the athleticism will handle itself. He'll get leak out dunks. He'll get steals. He'll be able to get offensive rebounds. But I think if him and RJ can consistently hit jumpers, even if it's just mid-range for RJ, and if it's just mid-range for Zion in corner threes, I think that'll take them over the head, over the uh, over the rest of the competition. But I think for RJ Barrett, him just being like a 6'7", 6'8", lefty, it's hard to really compare him to someone. But uh, if you if you throw out some throw, throw out some names of old players, uh, Jordan and I can. Yeah, I would. I would wonder if if Zion Williamson, because of his positionlessness, I, I don't know a guy that stands out and how he translates because he can play three, four spots, right? So, I wonder if he, if you could at least say this guy has the closest level of athleticism, power athleticism, as LeBron. Is is that fair to say? It's hard to compare his athleticism to LeBron, but it's. It's it's scary. What he's what, what it's close. With him taking off from the free throw it's line, co- it's like, close. I mean, LeBron was a little taller, dunking through his legs and games and stuff. And I'm sure Zion will have a chance to do that as well. But maybe maybe it's hard to. Could you could you look at Barrett and see some Demar Derozan there? I think from the size and skill point, yeah, definitely. But Demar is more polished as a as a back to the basket guy. And I think RJ is more full head of speed getting downhill. But Demar's footwork is so unbelievable. Like it's crisp. He has pump fakes. He's able to get to the free throw line. He can score at all three levels. Now he's shooting a three pointer at a higher clip than he has in past years. But from a length standpoint, I think so. Six seven, bouncy. Demar coming out of high school was dunking on people. He was more get to the cup, different type of creative finishes. But now Demar's just so polished, it's hard to kind of compare him. But I could definitely see the Demar comparisons. I could see the. He, I don't know if he passes as well as Penny, but in terms of the size and being able to play someone, I could see it. But I think uh, it's it's really hard to compare him. I want to see how they play in college, and then you just really never know. Like some guys are just. You can't really compare them until you see them play at this level. And some guys you you underestimate, and they're really great players, even if they don't have a position or even if they have a position you think they're going to play. But gotcha. also, I'd be remiss if I didn't say his name. Andrew Nimbart was the, was the other guy that was at my house. The, and he's a the very Canadian? Good Canadian player. Yeah. Yep, point guard. He can he can pass, do a lot of stuff with the with the basketball. What do you who do you think he he plays most like? It's it's hard for me to I mean it's hard to find a lefty that's six seven, six eight. Maybe like getting to the cup. Maybe like some Larry Johnson in him. Yeah, it's tough. Little grandmama. Maybe a little bit of LJ, although L, LJ might have been heavier too. But I could see that yeah. from the Duncan explosiveness. What Jaleel, here versatility. CJ's not gonna ask this, so I will. Who's who's been the toughest guy for you for you to guard in these uh in these little pickup games? Or these one-on-ones? Uh, honestly, for me, it's just challenging. I'm the only big man here. Uh, okay, okay. I've been joking with Justin saying I'm a, I'm a big guard right now. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's just a challenge, you know, having a guard, you know, a Donovan Mitchell, a CJ McCollum, a, a Justice Winslow, all these really elite wings, elite guard on the perimeter. That's why I'm excited about it. Um, so they're all a different challenge in itself. Uh, we're, luckily, they're limited to 
two or three dribbles depending on what part of the court we are. So that does help me out. Um, but it's all it's all a challenge for me. Uh, but I'm up for it, and, I, and I've been having a lot of fun challenging myself. And thank you guys for challenging me, CJ. Oh, no problem at all. Wait, CJ, is he posting you though? Man, yeah. Sometimes I mean, he gets three. If he gets three dribbles from the top of the key, that's two spin moves you can get off, and that's that's hard to guard. And I, he hit me in my chest today, and it just took all, it took all the energy out of me. I was exhausted <laughs> when I got on offense because. And man, he might be muscular in his shape, but he's still heavy. He's still hurt when I when I get hit by that shoulder. But I think we all got hit by a couple of nice little shoulders to the chest today on the jump hook. But it's a part of the game, so it's all fun. It's good for me to to guard bigger players and and have to you know figure out ways to to keep guys out the paint because you never know what's going to happen in this league. You might get switched on the six seven guy or a six nine guy or right. or a, a sure. big who's who's able to do different things like KD. Like, he can do everything. He can shoot from the wing. He can shoot post-up, fadeaways. He can get by you. He's got a right-to-left and a left-to-right crossover. It's tough, but bringing up the Philly days. The Philly days are over with, and they're done. But Markel Fultz is another guy who was a, a top draft pick and obviously had some, some issues with his shoulder, wasn't able to play right away. What do you think he's going through having played in Philly? Like, what can you relate to? Obviously, we all go through different stuff. Mine was injuries and then not playing, getting DMPs, thinking I was going to be out the league, not knowing what was going to happen with me. His situation is I'm the number one pick. I play a few games, I get a triple-double, and then I don't get to play for a while because of my shoulder. So right. what do you think it's like for him right now? Do you have any advice for him having played in Philly? Yeah, I think the, the first thing is just realizing that you, know, you hear so much stuff from, so much stuff on social media and like so much like the news articles, it makes you think that, you know, something's wrong with you or that life is bad. Uh, so my first thing would tell him just take a second, look at what you have around you and realize that life isn't bad at all. You're blessed and you're playing the game the basketball that you love. Uh, so that was the first thing that, that I would tell Markel. Um, and then after that is just knowing who he is and not forgetting who he is and that he wasn't a number one pick on accident. Um, so those are just two reminders that I would tell Markel. No, I think that's great advice. I think we all go through spurts where we doubt ourselves. We question, you know, whether we belong here or if I'm ever going to come back and be the same player when it's an injury or just get down on yourself because you're not playing or whatever the case may be. And I think that it's always important that, you know, when I have podcast guests on that, that people realize that we all go through different types of emotional trauma, whether that be injuries, whether that be depression, anxiety, being uh, subconscious, like self-conscious about certain things, I think it's important that they realize that it's it's common in all people, not just people who aren't right. athletes. I think it's common for everybody. But NFL season's around the corner. Are you an NFL fan? And if so, who's your team? Uh, I haven't been an NFL fan for some time, but I'm a Chicago guy. I've always supported the Bears. We've been struggling, um, you know, for a little bit now. So I've been watching as much as I used to. So... Uh, can't say that I'm excited for the upcoming NFL season because I don't really watch. <laughs> it's okay, man. All right. The real question is, who's going to have a better year, Mitchell Trubisky or Baker Mayfield? <laughs> CJ, you go first. Well, looking at the roster composition, I'm not sure how much Baker will play this year. I know uh, Terod went down with an injury and could be out for a little while. I'm not sure what the, what the uh, jurisdiction is on his injury and how long he'll be out, but if Mitchell Trubisky is going to start and Baker doesn't start, I think that it, that gives him the advantage on reps, being able to play right away, being in a situation where 
Whether he performs well or not, he's going to have a chance to perform. Baker may not have a chance to perform at all, uh, for at least at the beginning of the season. But I think when it comes down to it, from a career standpoint, uh, hopefully the Browns are very, very successful in the near future and that Baker can have uh, a ter- terrific career and bring us a Super Bowl. So in that case, I would go with Baker. <laughs> All right, Jaleel, no pressure here. Uh, are you asking me the same question? He's like, who is Mitchell Trubisky? Oh, uh, well, I just want to know if you had to go Trubisky or Mayfield this year. Yeah, like I said, I'm not familiar with football at all. So uh, I am familiar with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I am familiar with Baker Mayfield. Trubisky, is he uh, the quarterback for the Bears? Yeah, yeah. He was a uh, number two pick. Yeah. At a, actually, out of North Carolina. Guy, right. So you should go with, with Mayfield. Right, yeah, yeah. So I'll consider today I'm going with Baker Mayfield. See, CJ has this. Hey, I can't go with the Tar Heel. CJ has this, this these misconceptions that the Browns are going to go like 11 and 5 and go to the AFC championship. <laughs> and it's just, I, I just, I feel badly every week. He's even going, CJ, aren't you going to the opening game? I am going to opening night. I got a suite. I will be in the building against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll be on the field pregame, okay. dapping up the homies. Shout out to Juice. Shout out to Rod. Shout out to Baker. Shout out to Josh Gordon. Welcome back, baby. <laughs> we out here, man. I'm looking forward to this, man. They're all going to be on the pod at some point because I have to get all the Browns players I love on the pod. So I didn't say we're going to go 11 and 5 and win the AFC. I said I, I would take the over on the five and a half. Game that's for sure. Vegas odds, which has moved moved up, which has moved up to six because Gordon. Josh Gordon returned. By the way, right? I mean, their their talent is is really big time. I I just know you're going to be there, and then you're going to get excited, and then you're going to start talking about you know we could we could go ten and six and all these things. So I just want to just want to bring it down to earth because the Browns have not been relevant since we've been alive. <laughs> hey, some things have to change at some point. You just have to stay patient. You can't get down on yourself. <laughs> See. Can't get down on yourself. Think, think about think about most of the successful people out in the world who were told their ideas sucked. That's never going to work. You're never going to go to the NBA. You're never going to be able to create peanut butter and jelly. You're never going to be able to create a light switch. Think about the person who wanted to fly across the country. Yeah. And they said, you can't fly. That's impossible. So impossible is nothing. Anything is possible. Shout out to Lee Nee. <laughs> <laughs> CJ Lil, CJ always he always finds a way to incorporate his his leaning. Hey, smart man, hey, man. smart man. Hey. Take take care of those who take care of you. <laughs> That's that is really smart. Um, Jaleel, before we let you go, I, I'm wondering if you can touch further on you know why you felt it a necessity to comment on on Kevin Love's article in Players Tribune, who obviously he he talked about his struggles with mental health. We've had DeMar DeRozan come out and, and discuss it as well. Uh, CJ and I have had Dwayne Wade on the pod, Blake Griffin on the pod, talking about the benefits of therapy. You know, So for you specifically, why, why did you feel it was so important to comment on Kevin Love's article? Yeah. Um, well, yeah it wasn't, I didn't have an actual conversation with Kevin Love. I just read the article that he made in the Players' Tribune. Um, and it was just really eye-opening for me just realizing that some of the stuff that he hit on, I, I felt the same way about, or I had some of the same issues, uh, but I just didn't realize there was an actual name for it. Uh, so not only that, it just made me aware that, oh, maybe I am dealing with anxiety or the way that I'm feeling on a day-to-day basis. There is a way for me to get help that I need. Um, and... So that's why I was thanking him because he was the first one to really enlighten me on, you know, what anxiety, what anxiety is or what anxiety attack is or how you can have, if you do have anxiety and something that you deal with, it doesn't make you weird. It doesn't make you 
a freak, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's it's normal. And obviously he's, you know, one of the top guys in the NBA. Um, he's had a hell of a career and he's going to continue to do great things. But to seeing him come out and uh, admit to it and uh, how he's dealt with it and how he's able to still have success with Wild dealing with it was really was really great for me. Um, and that was helped me take the right step that I needed in order to get help. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. I'm I'm glad you that you spoke out and, and said some of the things that you've said today, and we appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. And once again, for those of you that don't follow, follow the homie. He's going to have a, a successful career in a, in, a, in a good year this season. Even if he's not a Bears fan, he can become a Browns fan as well. We, we don't mind it at all, but <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I'll see you I'll see you at the beach in about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going yeah, to kick you on the beach. We're going to play a little beach volleyball or something. No, I'm excited. I'm really I'm really happy. You know, I'm a big fan of the podcast, so I've heard. I've listened to several of them, um, so I'm happy that I could be a part of it. So thank you guys for having me. You're welcome to any time, man. Appreciate you. Oh, we feel the same way, Jaleel. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Really appreciate it. Once again, we want to thank Jaleel Okafor for coming on the podcast, man. Very, very nice guy. Only 22 years old. Still a lot of time left in front of him. So appreciate him coming on. And I'll see him at the beach in a bit. But right now, it's time for a little wine time. Cue the wine music, please. I've been going to weddings the last couple weeks and we're going to close out my last uh, wedding this upcoming Labor Day so I'm really looking forward to, to trying some new wines in Missouri before I head back to the city and then to Portland but lately I've been drinking cabs and I feel ashamed that I've been cheating on Pinot like this but I'll get back to Pinot shortly. I actually had the, I want to say this properly the Napa Valley Cab Sab Dariush Dariush probably said that wrong but i'm sorry d-a-r-i-o-u-s-h it is very very good priced on vivino at about 99 bucks it is rated 93 out of 100 by wine enthusiasts and 88 out of 100 by wine spectator it's among the top one percent of wines in the world and for those of you out there that want to have it with something it's dark it's wonderful it's berry it's fruity and it has a big delicious tannis imbalance finish so I would recommend it. And as the saying goes, after two or three, it all tastes the same. <laughs> well, I uh, I actually went away from the Pinot as well, Mr. McCollum. I went to Greece. I didn't actually go, but I, I traveled to Greece in spirit with the Olivos wine. And I, I, it was it's, white, it's a white wine, Sauvignon Blanc, absolutely fantastic. Crisp, clean. It, it was great. And I would recommend it with, with uh, some like a flaky white fish. Olivos wine and uh, affordable, and I think this is the week we we go we go back now to Pinot because uh, enough is enough. Yeah, enough is enough. I, I totally agree. Once again, you'll have to shoot me a picture of that as well. I think I think this is the wine you you sent to. Is this the wine you texted me earlier in the, earlier in the week? <laughs> no, that was different. That was uh, a little out of my price range. Uh, I did not buy that bottle, but uh, that was from Italy. It was a two thousand too. Yeah, that was that was a good one. That was, I believe, a Barolo from Italy, and that's that's another ball game. But this Olivos wine is is great. I'm actually going to have some tonight, so I'm very excited. But like I said, you know, Pinot is is our is really our specialty. Yeah, Pinot's our wife. That's that's the that's the wife. She's not going anywhere. She's here. For there her. it is. But ah, I am glad that we were able to get that off our chest because there's some great wines out there that everyone needs to enjoy. People have asked if we will at some point put together a list of all the wines we've recommended 
We'll have to do yes. just that for everyone out there that, that loves the wine. That's a necessity. It is. It's a huge necessity. And for those of you out there that love the pod, rate the pod. Find the pod anywhere. Continue to subscribe. You can catch us anywhere you get your pods and also via radio.com. You can get their app or head to app.radio.com backslash CJ for your weekly dose of pull-up. You can follow us on social media. As always, I will not be saying them anymore because I've retired from it. Neither will I. That's done. And That's the done. rule of thumb is always the same. But Oh, by the way, I do have one thing for you. Go ahead. This is the Elgin Baylor episode, right? This is the Elgin Baylor episode. So I played my first two years of college at Seattle U, wow. home of Elgin Baylor. That is a great fun fact. Shout out to yeah. Elgin Baylor and Seattle U. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't play a ton, but uh, when I did play... I saw his 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 jersey hanging up there, so I, I'm I'm glad that we got to get him give him a shout out today. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. And as the saying always goes, don't forget to pull up, pull up. Pull up.